Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Harriet Tubman. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get done. Yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. Welcome to Leaders and Legacies, a D&D 5e podcast. Join me and the cast, Chris, Seth, and Rachel, as we explore Weisloth. Our Leaders and Legacy family is not only passionate about tabletop games, but we are also volunteers with the Boy Scouts of America. Maybe it's just me, but I'm excited for another episode of Leaders and Legacies. Hope you're ready for another jolly good show. Uh, I'm Dave Rockwell. I'm the DM for uh, our game of Leaders and Legacies. Yeah, well, I'll let the cast introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Christopher Cooper. I am a district commissioner and council level trainer. I'm Seth Lowe. I'm an assistant cub master for PAC 1683, and I will be playing Corin for you. Awesome. And last but certainly not least, Rachel. I'm Rachel, and I am a cub master and a multi denominator, and I'm playing Fezzik. And once again, I'm your dungeon master, Dave Rockwell. I'm an assistant council commissioner and scoutmaster for Troop 1570. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating. Now let's start adding to our legacy. Okay, so we, we uh, I guess, cut over to Marcus and Thandor. You all are doing your you know, ritual. You have any words you would like to say, or you know, is it... Uh, private enough that you'd want to keep it to yourself. <laughs> private to Marcus. I guess roll perception on what you're hearing from Marcus's prayers. I rolled a 10. So with a 10, yeah, you, I mean, those words you recognize it, nothing pops out at you as, oh, hey, that's a prayer we have back at home. And he, you know, he rises and says, um, we've given them as much peace as we can. If you are heading yeah, back the way we came, I would travel with you for at least one more day. That sounds fair. And hopefully we get good baked goods tomorrow morning. Roll uh, an anticipation roll. <laughs> what is that going to be out of? <laughs> I don't know. It's D20 plus you know, intelligent. D20 plus intelligent. Oh, Dandor's not too smart. He's wise, not smart. All right. A seven. With a seven, you you are expecting probably the most delicious cinnamon mini buds anywhere in the realm. Yeah, Weisloth has apparently, you know, got a shortage of really good cinnamon mini buns. A rancher such as Randy, if he's out here, he's one of the best. <laughs> you make it back to the top of the stairs. Night has fallen above. You can still see a little bit of a glow of the moon and stars uh, coming down through the birch trees in the grove itself. Now that you've had a chance to explore below, want to explore any of the temple more, I actually want to take a look out into the central area of the temple and see if I see like burn marks that are clearly visible, like where there had been a recent fire. So when you get out to the center, roll me a uh, either an arcana or a perception check. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. How am I going to see the burn marks? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Fezzik, do me a favor. 
take a look take a look for burn marks i want to see if there's any surrounding like damage to the environment where the the tree folk got burned what you're looking for and we can probably guesstimate about where that thing was pulled down okay arcana or perception you said um yes either yeah whatever you're better at yes 21 arcana 21 with arcana yeah one of the things that you feel pulled directly to is the altar kind of at the center okay so I head that way, Corin. I feel like um, I don't know. Just come with me. Okay. So yeah, as you guys get closer, one of the things that you see is kind of at the top of the altar. There seems to be kind of four lines of text written in a script that almost magically glows a little bit in the moonlight. Does any of you read Celestial? <laughs> okay, so you may want to call your friend over to see if he's seen them or, or can read them. Hey, Thandor, come here. I will come over. Thandor, when you get over there, you know, you see that carved into the top of this altar are the four lines of the prayer. The exact words, as best Fezzik could, you know, interpret them for you. You know, it's it's the, it's those uh, same four lines. The 12 were placed among the peoples to guard and protect. The host will come to fulfill the promises made by the ancestor. The guardians protect the covenant that was broken by the few. The only hope lies in the faith of the walkers of the path. And, you know, you probably want to take a rubbing of this to take back. You know, it does seem to be carved in that it's something that you could, if you use charcoal or something like that, could take back to show your temple. We will take a rubbing of this. I tell I tell my party that it is the same words that we had heard. Okay, and, you know, Marcus takes one of his own. If anybody who's got Arcana as a, as a proficiency, I guess roll it as, as well. I do believe that would mean none of us are proficient in Arcana. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so yeah, the, the grove itself seems very quiet. If you had to guess based on your world, you would never have guessed that a battle took place in this space within the last 10 years, let alone the last 24 hours. It, it seems peaceful and serene. Something is not right. Well, it's magical. What can we say? Doesn't make me feel any more at ease, though. So how about them Simnon buns? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Corin, the typical teenager, goes for the next round of food. <sighs> Anybody else have any business they want to take here while we're still in the grove? So when we're looking around the grove, I mean, everything looks normal, but we feel the corruption just underneath. That is correct. All right. So should I, do you want me to bless the altar? I know bless is normally to a creature, but I can bless the altar. You, you can try that if you'd like. I will try that. I'm just saying religious words. Okay, yeah, so yeah, you, you, you do that. Roll performance to see if it has any effect on the altar. Natural 19. 19, okay. So yeah, you feel as, as your blessing kind of pushes its way into that area that 
kind of at the edges of where that spell casts in. And it, you get the same feeling when you, you know, cast it on your friends as well, that, you know, there's a taint to the air that's being pushed away, that, you know, almost as if something was trying to creep into you all, you know, from the air around you. There is great evil in this area. We must let my friends know this. Gives you the heebie-jeebies. We were not waiting here. Does that mean that we're not waiting for cinnamon rolls in the morning? Yeah. And in fact, you you, know, you would know that the cinnamon rolls are probably a half a day's march um, north. <laughs> at, at a minimum. Right, isn't that like the wrong no, direction? No, that's the direction you should be heading back. Yeah. Oh, all right. Then. Heading south yeah, to find the grove. Let us let us leave this area. Race ya. Let's go. All right. So let's just walk through the grove and out the northern side. Marcus, will you send your your friends here to help protect this grove as well? I will. Uh, I would think that yeah, that those of my order would 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 rush here to be able to yeah, to help. Yeah, they thought I was a fool seeking these other groves out because they had been lost for so long, and they did not believe in my visions. But I could tell that you know secretly they harbored some fear. I will find out what that is, and I will report that as well to you. Do you know where the Dwarf Tribe is? Yeah, unfortunately, I do not. As your, your friend Fezzik can attest, we are not exactly loved by gnomes and dwarves. You know, very little is shared, but that must change, and I will see to it that we all can lead that change together. I like that idea. Pull your compass out. I want us to walk apart to see who it points to first. Okay, so you guys are going to spread out, uh, all three of you. So, yeah, he kind of backs away. How, how far away are you all going to walk? 25 feet. 25 yards. Okay. He holds it in the palm of his hands, and if you three are kind of spread out 25 yards apart, further north from him, it will kind of point to whoever is in the center of the three. And or I guess uh, you, you probably walked off. Fezzik, which did you walk off to his right or his left? I'll, I'll go to the right. I'll go to the left. He's going straight, yeah. He's following the path. All right, Thandor, it points to you. This is interesting. That's it. Change places with me. It points to the location of your party. No, points it, uh, trade places with me. Let's see what the compass does. As I'm standing closer to Thandor now, I kind of lean in his direction. I can't imagine this makes her, makes Fezzik very comfortable if an orc can find us at any given moment. <laughs> We're about ready, to, about ready to figure that out, aren't we? <laughs> As you swap places, Marcus, like, I'm watching it go back and forth. It, it did follow Thandor for a little bit, um, but whoever is in the middle and he points to Corrin, yeah, Corrin, it appears now to point to you now that it's stabilized. Okay. This is very mystical. It's just a broken compass. This is wonky, yeah. What if we are 10 miles apart from one another? Who does it point towards? 
Does it have the little wheel underneath that, you know, has the N and all? I, I think I've heard about that. And I mean, is that confusing when you turn one direction and it points as though the needle should be going the other way kind of thing? He's like, it's very weird. It literally is like a small kind of ashtray would probably be the thing I can think that it looks the most like, but it, in the center of it is this little stem that kind of can rock back and forth. Um, but yeah, you know, those of you who have use of the arcane arts can see that yeah, you know, there is a little something magical about it. I would like to test this further in the future. <laughs> He's like, I think we're going to get a big chance. Because when I get really far away from you, I'll just walk to whoever it takes me to. Theodore. He's that way on my screen, by the way. Theodore. <laughs> <laughs> He's that way on my... All right. So, Marcus, are you going to take care of the temple in the orc land so that I don't have to go there? Um, yeah, I guess yeah, it sounded like that is what Talgon wanted us to do, was for me to journey home and then rejoin you in your quest for the Dwarven Temple. Uh, well, I don't think they have one. Well, maybe they do. But I thought we need to send their people here to protect this temple. That is correct, if they have one. Yeah, the dwarves, but he's not a dwarf. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's... He's not a dwarf, but he's a dwarf. Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. So anybody who wants to can try to roll insight. 13. I, I got it. Yeah, that, all that fighting last night. I got a 20. <laughs> yeah, I got a 22. Okay, so yeah, with those higher numbers, the, the insight is, is yeah, you would think that these would be temples that yeah, might be hidden away and protected. This one, you could have walked past if you hadn't been looking for it and had a guide who had been here before, you know, because it had been kind of hidden back in the cracks in the rock you know, in this kind of glade that was surrounded on three sides by steep hills is the word I'm looking for. Um, so you, know, you would think that these would be hidden and protected and in fact probably wouldn't necessarily be something that everyone would know about. Well, either way, I think we need to exit the grove here and either camp for the night or start hauling tail north to go find those cinnamon rolls. <laughs> There's enough moonlight that you probably could continue into the night if you wanted to, to put a little distance between you and uh, in the temple before you, you know, found a spot for the night. Roll survival check, I guess, to see how well you do kind of navigating the pass in the uh, semi, you know, starlight slash moonlight. A 20, non-natural. Okay, yeah, so Thandor, after about an hour of, you know, walking, you know, you feel like you guys have made a good pace. You find a nice kind of semi-protected, you know, area that you think would be a good place to camp for the night. And uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, tell me, uh, describe to us uh, how you guys would uh, set up camp for the night. I would like to sleep early so I can reclaim some spell slots that I have. I am very exhausted from the spells today. I can take first watch. I'm going to do my whole elevated sleeping bed area routine again and just raise everybody about eight inches off the ground. Um, and then me being me, I'm just going to curl up and go straight to sleep. I figure one of them will kick me when it's my shift. Yeah. Marcus asks if he can borrow a blanket. Sure. 
<laughs> um. Okay, you know what? Sure. I toss him my blanket, which is going to like cover him to his waist. If that, maybe the like need a thigh range because I'm a halfling, he's a half, or I'm a gnome, he's a half orc. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to go into badger form and just curl up by the fire. Okay. Yeah. He drapes it over him kind of like a shawl, you know, you know uh, or a slanket. <laughs> You know, um, so that he uh, you know can cover at least you know keep keep his uh, you know torso warm. You know, you can see him pull his arms underneath the blanket, and he kind of lays back in the in the uh, you know, the you know, the crux of where roots would come together, so that he can put his head you know against the tree. You know, almost in you know, kind of a inclined position. Since I'm taking first shift, I'm gonna cover Corin with my blanket since I don't need it yet. But, but friends, this javelin they said would warn us of danger. Do we need to? Do we need to have a watch? We don't even know what its warning is like. Like for all we know, it. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Thandor, did you want to take some time and try to attune to it? Yeah. Does it need to be it, attuned? Uh, I would assume so. Um, let me see. It does. Yes, I will try to attune to it. Okay. At this point, Corrin is completely out cold. <laughs> All right, Corrin's getting the getting the first sleep. So yeah, Thandor, yeah, you yeah spend the time you need to you know adjusting to it. You begin to you know, feel more and more about it as it kind of you know, reveals its magics to you as you you know, get a better sense of what it was intended to do. And you do think, you know, by the time you're fully attuned to it, that, you know, you will be able to sleep through the night with, with the, uh, it, it giving you warning of any danger. As a guy will keep it close to me, but I believe it will warn us of any danger that is coming. Well, how about I just take the first shift anyway, you all sleep, and then I'll just go to sleep when I'm ready to go to sleep. Corrin doesn't care because he's already asleep. All right, I take first shift. Yeah, he's out cold, as as is Marcus. Excellent. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess roll a uh, yeah, perception check as uh, you, you uh, sit watch. Um, so yeah, with your 11, you do hear the night noises kind of start to settle in. You can hear owls off in the distance, um, you know, making some noise. You hear small creatures, uh, you know, investigating, kind of foraging for food in the night. But you don't hear anything that sounds like a large creature, you know, nothing that would give you any concern. Um, and uh, your watch kind of passes without incident. Uh, who are you going to wake up next? I told them I wasn't going to wake them up. Okay, um, so are you, are, how are you going to stay up for the second shift? I think I'm just going to stay That'll up. That'll work for me. <laughs> I don't know if I trust that spear javelin, whatever that thing is. It, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, roll another perception check for your second uh, shift. See how frosty you are. I will go to yeah, 12. Well, yeah, yeah, you continue to hear the noise noises of the night. Nothing seems to come too close. You all didn't you know, build a fire 
that would draw attention. So, you know, it just seems to be small creatures moving about in the night. At one point, you may think you hear a deer off in the distance. Yeah, nearby, but not too near. Um, okay. So, uh, roll me another uh, perception check if you're going to take the third watch as well. Yeah. I can see, yeah, I didn't see anything. A five. Okay, yeah. So, you know, it, once again, the, the, the night noises kind of seem to have settled into a pattern. You know, uh, although it does shift to different, you know, uh, small creature sounds. Um, you know, raccoons probably, you know, uh, as you get closer and closer towards dawn. Um, the air, you know, does have a little bit of a chill to it, but, you know, otherwise the night passes um, without incident. All right, then I'm going to doze while they wake up. Okay. Because I'm not going to wake them. I'm just going to let them rest. Okay, so as the, you know, you kind of see the, the, the sun kind of peek over, you know, the land, you know, you're just going to doze off for a little bit. Okay. Um, yep. Comes along. Okay, yeah, you're able to doze off. Uh, I guess you'd like to wake up first. <laughs> I guess technically... I would say Corin would. Yeah, Corin. I was gonna say. I think you fell asleep first. Yeah, I was. I was asleep like the moment we hit camp, uh, while the rest of everyone else was kind of getting situated. So, I, I would actually say Corin even wakes up a little bit early, like earlier than we normally would have. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, roll me as you kind of wake up. Roll me a perception check. Nineteen. Nineteen. So, you know, the other thing that you notice is that Marcus seems to be waking up at, you know, at about the same time you are, because you can feel movement from where he was. Seems to uh, just, you know, go about trying to warm up a little bit. You know, he wasn't able to stay overly warm uh, with your blanket. You know, his extremities are a little bit chilly. You can hear him almost shivering. I will wake up. All right, yeah, are you going to wake up you know, early in the morning, kind of like uh, Corrin did? After Corrin, a little bit later. Okay, yeah, so yeah, you, you uh, wake up to not be able to, yeah, I guess we'll roll perception to see if you can spot where you think Corrin is uh, you know, watching over you. A nat 20, so 26. All right, yeah, yeah, you almost, you know, uh, can point right to him. And in fact, with, you know, with that nat 20, you feel the connection between him and you. It's very similar to the way it felt the other night when those, you know, that herd of you know, plant creatures went by. You're, you're just used to me climbing up a tree in some animal form to observe for my watch. Yeah, and yeah, you know, with that, with the twenty, actually, yeah, you know, as you kind of roll, I guess, yeah, describe how you how you kind of laid out your bedroll type situation. Oh, I'm sleeping on top of the, on the mound with just a blanket thrown. 
Okay, so yeah, as you kind of roll over, based on the sense that you got off of your nat 20, you know, to roll the other direction, and you come eye to eye with, it looks yeah, like a plant creature, maybe about 12 to 15 inches tall. It's standing kind of next to where your head was, and it's just kind of looking at you. Hello. It kind of backs away just a little bit. I gently put my hand out towards it. It comes a little bit closer and yeah, puts out its hand to you. And I will do this kind of mirroring your type of movement motion towards it, like come hither. Does the same motion to you as yeah, as if it's you know copying what you're doing. And or will do the butterfly thing. All right, it it takes its hands and does the butterfly thing back at you. I will slowly sit up. As you sit up, you know you kind of get the sense from it that it. it seems to be enjoying whatever it is that you two are doing. And, you know, it, it, almost as if it's not that that's your idea, but it's that it's communicating that to you somehow. I, Thandor will draw a circle in the dirt. Okay, yeah, it, it reaches down in front of it and draws a circle in the dirt. And I will just nod at it. And it nods, you know, kind of back at you. will open up my water skin and hold it out to it. Okay, yeah, it, it, it looks at it. I will pour a little bit of water on the ground. Okay, yeah, it goes over. And the weird thing is, is you don't see it, you know, use its mouth because yeah, it doesn't necessarily seem to have a mouth, but it reaches out its foot and absorbs the water through its foot. Because it, yeah. It, Does it physically change? It did it did not physically change, but it just seemed to absorb the water, you know, almost as if its foot had like little tiny roots or something. I will give it a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, it, it kind of drinks it uh, yeah, readily. It looks at you to see what, you know, as almost to say what's, what's next. <laughs> I will um, start rolling up my bedroll and just keep an eye on it. Okay. Yeah, it continues to watch you. Is this similar to the things that I remembered uh, when we were at the original campsite? Um, it, it, yes, yeah, very much so. So well, I will say, um, good morning, what are you doing? It, it doesn't respond. I say in celestial good morning. But you get the sense that it wants to be able to communicate with you, but you're not sure how you know that. I put both my hands towards it on the ground. Um, it seems to respond positively to the attention, but yeah, it doesn't seem capable of responding. Do I sense anything? I think, good morning. It, it doesn't necessarily give you any you know, communication like good morning back, but it does kind of like, yeah, the, the word that you would probably get off the sense is the word friend. I will empathetically read it back as a friend. It is a creature of its earth. And I will say, may Jordan bless you. Yeah, and yeah, it, it nods back at you. After it wants to jump up on my shoulder. So you kind of, you know, motion for it to do so. Um, after, after a moment, it seems to think about it and then does climb up on your shoulder. I will go about my morning and then kind of look at the badger and wave and kind of like, look what I got. Okay, so, you know, 
Yeah, one of the things that as the morning continues to brighten up, though, you do notice that it kind of, you know, uh, assume you have a cloak on with a hood. Um, you know, it kind of seems to pull the hood a little bit around it um, as if it wants to stay out of the light. Interesting. Okay. Um, anybody by chance speak plant? So I... I'll say corn. <laughs> See if you can try talking to this in your human form, please. And I'll let it. I'll let it get. I'll let it pull pull the cloak around. All right. So I will climb down and shift back to my gnomish self, um, and then start with Sylvan. Okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah. While you do seem to think that it appreciates that you're trying to talk with it. It doesn't seem to, you know, language doesn't seem to be a capability it has. Okay. Um, would I remember anything about its ability to communicate through the stories that I grew up with? Um, roll a history check. That would be a 10. Okay, yeah, you know that there is a way to communicate with these things, but you know, it's kind of lost in history as to, as to how that actually worked so i will kind of again like like tornado was doing like gesture at it and kind of mock shake its hand while i'm kind of sitting there playing with it um yeah i mean it's you know it, it senses your intent and it kind of mirrors your activities back although you do notice it does try to stay out of the, any direct sunlight through the way um tornado no no it doesn't it, it doesn't speak. Um, it, it just kind of, at least not speak in the way that you and I think. It doesn't have a vocal right. language. So um, we're not going to be able to just right. talk so to it. I will look at it and um, say, would you like to come with us? You can stay inside the hood if you'd like. Sorry, my voice yeah, gets a it, little it, changed it early in the morning. <laughs> Where you've had your coffee yeah it nestles in a little bit more you know to pull, pulling the hood around it to kind of stay out of the light um yeah it seems it seems content to stay with you of future success. One of the things that I always loved about weekends is it used to be the top 40 countdown with Casey Kasem. One of the things he always said during that broadcast at the end was keep your feet flat on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. So dream those dreams, dream them as big as you want, but make sure that once you've dreamt them, that you take what is necessary the first step to see those dreams become a reality. Leaders and Legacies is a 5e podcast that is unaffiliated with the Boy Scouts of America or Wizards of the Coast. The opinions expressed here are solely our own. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here at Leaders and Legacies, please consider becoming a patron by joining us at patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies. You can also follow us on Twitter at Leader and Legacy or 
Join our blog at leadersandlegacies.com. Music and sound effects are licensed from soundstripe.com. Logo art by Katherine Evans. Images also may have been licensed from shutterstock.com. Check out these and many other amazing businesses by listening to us here on Leaders and Legacy. And never forget to remember... So how about them cinnamon buns?